0: 23 to 8 on ABC Radio Brisbane. A dedicated and long-serving servant of the church in Queensland is how retired Catholic Archbishop of Brisbane John Bathersby is being remembered. He died yesterday aged 83. He was one of only five Catholic Archbishops of Brisbane since 1917 and only the second Queenslander appointed to lead the Brisbane church in its 160-year history. He was succeeded as Archbishop of Brisbane by Mark Coleridge. Your Grace, how will you remember Archbishop Bathersby? Well, I'll,
1: I'll remember him as a, an Aussie original. He was certainly that, and he was a Queensland classic. And uh, But more more than that, I'll remember him with uh, tremendous affection and uh, deep love as a great old friend because I go back a long way with John Bathersby, or Bats, as we used to call him, and uh, back into the 1970s when we were both quite young men, and then we studied together in Rome and... Uh, you know, they were heady days, and he was so often the life of the party because he had a marvellous uh, Queensland sense of humour and a whole store of yarns about his years in Gundawindi, where he worked for nine years. And in those days, none of us would have imagined that John Vathersby would have ended up the Archbishop of Brisbane. He didn't seem to have the kind of style that was expected of archbishops in those days. He wasn't a high-powered administrator. He wasn't a a grand orator. Uh, He was no sort of uh, uh, cunning and powerful political operator, but he he was uh, a human being. And there's no substitute for that. And that was something that was recognised not only in the Catholic community, but far and wide. It wasn't just his sense of humour, which was delightful. Uh, it wasn't just his unpretentiousness or humility. I think they were also very striking. But, but really, the, the quality of humanity that he brought to, to any engagement, and that's the thing that will be remembered, I think, for a very long time of our old mate Batch.
0: Yeah, so he was a man just doing a job and a job he loved. Um, so that human side of it, how important was that for the church?
1: Well, I think it's intensely important. See, John Bathesby was a man of high intelligence and deep spirituality. Uh, he began life in, in our seminary here where we train priests as what's called the spiritual director. And he was, in a genuine sense, he was a very spiritual man. Now, when I first met him, I was expecting, you know, the spiritual director to be be someone a bit more ascetical and solemn and uh, forbidding, as it were. But he wasn't like that. I mean, he was deeply spiritual, but there was something very down-to-earth and ordinary. But at the heart of the ordinary thing in John Bathurst's there was something quite extraordinary that was certainly deeply spiritual and even what I would call mystical. But in it all, he he just had that quality of of humanity for which there is absolutely no substitute. And in a country like Australia, if you try and push religion without humanity, uh, you'll get nowhere. Now, John Bathersby got somewhere because he was a religious man in a deep sense and a religious leader, but he was also a human being. And with no, no airs and graces about himself at all.
0: Well, you talk about his legacy and, and as you pay tribute to to John Battersby, I understand he was also a big fan of, of sport. Oh, he was a huge pretend- sport fan, Craig. And, and a regular at the racetrack, is that
1: right? Yeah, very much a regular at the racetrack. <laughs> but he wasn't just a, a man for the gallops. He was, a, in his younger days, although he was a little bloke, he was a very good footballer and cricketer at Nudgee College. And he used to love telling stories of playing on the Gabba and, and smacking Sam Cook. I don't know who Sam Cook was. He must have been a, <laughs> a top bowler for Queensland. And Bats used to love telling the story of smacking Sam Cook repeatedly through the covers. So he was a good sportsman. Uh, he, he enjoyed the cricket. He enjoyed the football. And he was a familiar sight on the racetrack, not only in Australia, but he used to go to New Zealand, every uh january with father peter gillam a great mate of his and they would go from racetracks from the north of new zealand down to the south so he was an international figure on the racetrack.
0: Now, I believe the funeral's being held on Monday, next Monday. What's the protocol for a funeral of an archbishop?
1: Well, it's fairly complex, believe me. We're up to our neck at the moment in trying to work out the logistics. But what happens is the, the body will be brought to the what's called, we call the chapel, which is the old cathedral right next to the current cathedral. And he'll lie there, as it were, in state. He, he wasn't an in-state type of man, but he will lie there in state. From Wednesday, tomorrow afternoon 1:30, the body will be brought to the chapel, and then Sunday eve. So the people will be able to pray there for him and gather round the, the coffin. Then Sunday evening, we have what's called the vigil, you know, keeping watch around the, uh, the, the the body of the the Archbishop, and and again praying for him and praying for ourselves as we as we mourn, and then his. Uh, The coffin will lie in the cathedral on Sunday night and then the mass will be at 11 o'clock on Monday and all kinds of people will be there and all kinds of people obviously have been invited, not just the Catholic community but the larger community. And um, at the end of the, the funeral mass on Monday at 11, we will take the coffin around the cathedral and eventually end up at the crypt because the archbishops are buried in the crypt of the cathedral. Yeah. So when I say buried, they're not buried at all. They're sort of, I don't know, encrypted or entombed. So he will be laid to rest in the crypt of St Stephen's Cathedral.
0: A lot to happen there, as we remember, retired Catholic Archbishop Indeed. of Brisbane, John Bathurst B. Mark Coleridge, thank you for your time.
1: Thanks, Loretta. Thanks, Craig. On ABC Radio Brisbane.